Hello everyone. On the night of the 24th of February 2022, the Russian President Putin attacked the sovereign country of Ukraine. I think none of us expected such an escalation of events that actually started back in 2014. None of us really expected such a terror happening just next door. The past weeks have been an extreme difficult time, especially for all the Ukrainians who are fighting, for those forced to flee their home, but also those watching the news about their homeland getting destroyed by the Russian army. I can't imagine how it must feel to be constantly checking on your beloved ones and making sure they are still safe. My solidarity goes to all people directly affected by this war, their families and friends. As a podcast on Eastern Europe and the Eastern European culture, I was long thinking how to continue in a way that makes sense and might in some way add to my active solidarity practiced every day since the beginning of this war. It is important to me to continue by speaking about the Eastern European culture and building the archive of Eastern European voices as I did so far, but with a special focus on Ukraine. That said, I came up with a special edition of the podcast and I'm calling it Kitchen Conversations for Ukraine. For each of the short episodes, I am inviting a Ukrainian artist, friend of mine, to curate the episode. This short series won't have the regular format of interviews, as I did so far, because I feel at this early stage it would be a little insensitive of me to invite Ukrainian artists to speak while their families, friends and country are in extreme danger. I, however, do feel it's important to spread the rich and diverse Ukrainian culture and give Ukrainian artists the curatorial agency. What you can expect from this short series is to learn more about Ukrainian artists, authors, movie makers, musicians, and so on. And from there, you can start researching on your own. Follow those people, read their texts, listen to the music, and learn about the country. Give them the attention they deserve. Now, I think, is definitely the time to do so. So let's begin. The first person I invited to curate this special series is Tatiana Astapenka. You might know this name since I already did a, a podcast with Tatiana back in June 2021. Uh, Tatiana is a contemporary painter and muralist, uh, born in Soviet Ukraine and for many years now living and working in Portland, Oregon in the US. How we met was quite funny since I was just browsing through Instagram, looking for people who do similar things to me, hoping to perhaps find a person to interview next. And then I came across uh, Tatiana's Instagram that is called Post-Soviet Art, that's her handle. And immediately I fell in love uh, with the work she's doing, with the paintings. Uh, she is uh, portraying very specific part of the Ukrainian uh, countryside, or more broadly the Eastern European uh, post-Soviet countryside. And she gives special attention to uh, ruler people, to people who usually do not make it into the historical 
records and she is specialized in painting the babushkas which of course resonates with a lot of us uh, who come from that part of the world. I think I am drawn to the image of an older woman dressed in a traditional way for the way a babushka the way that you would think about an older Eastern European or post-Soviet woman, she is usually, not usually, she's always wearing a dress, regardless of the weather. It's a skirt, it's around knee length. It's normally some sort of unflattering flat shoes, cardigans, mini layers, kind of like what I'm wearing right now. Maybe I'm slowly turning into one. (laughs) I chose Tatiana to be the first one for two reasons. One of them being that she was simply the first person to send me her recommendations. But second of all, and that is way more important, I wanted to highlight um, her uh, donation campaign that she's doing, uh, which she started just in the first days of the war, where she donates 100% of the sales from her works uh, to Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. So when we spoke with Tatiana back in June, she was preparing for a big solo exhibition and it happened uh, in February. So from uh, February 7 to March 4th, uh, her work was on show at the Catherine Cavain Gallery of Art close to Portland. So I know she created a lot of uh, new works and now all of them, both the new and the old pieces are available to purchase and 100% of the sales are are going uh, to the Global Giving's Ukrainian Crisis Relief Fund. So let's maybe look at her website uh, and I will guide you how to get there. It's very simple. You can just type Tatiana Ostapenka and in my Google search, that's the first one which appears. And already in the front page, you can see uh, information about the campaign on top um, is the amount they already donated. So the people who bought uh, the paintings and Tatiana herself, of course, with her art, it is $38,200, which is a really big amount and definitely a significant sum. And I thought to read to you something that Tatiana wrote on her website because it really beautifully sums up her art and why it is important also to support her as a Ukrainian artist, her work through donating. She writes, Peace, truth, the people, Ukraine forever. As most of you know, Russia is undertaking a full-scale military aggression against Ukraine, on multiple fronts. I am originally from Ukraine. My work is directly focused on historical atrocities in that part of the world, as perpetuated by the few who hold the power against the many who suffer. I feel powerless, but I don't want to feel powerless. That's why I'm clearing out my studio and donating 100% of the proceeds to Global Giving's Ukrainian Crisis Relief Fund. And here you can also click on the fund and see what exactly they are doing. And on top of the page, uh, you have the four steps how to actually uh, support. So first, uh, you have to go to the inventory site where Tatiana is showing uh, the works which are still on sale. It is an external link, but... You can find it through her website. And at the moment, there is still 
almost 30 pieces available. I think one of my favorite pieces is the one called Sundresses. This is my favorite piece. It portrays uh, two men. One is tall and skinny. The other one is a bit shorter and more packed. And they are wearing um, female summer dresses with some flowery patterns and posing against a tapestry. So in Polish, I would say gobelin. And in English, I think it's tapestry, so a type of wall carpet. That is a very nostalgic thing for us Eastern Europeans. And I think all of our grandmas and maybe even parents had those in their apartments. And after you find your favorite artwork, uh, you can directly uh, donate to the Global Giving um, Fund. Send um, Tatiana a receipt and uh, the piece you want to purchase. And then the piece is yours. You just have to cover the shipping costs, of course. I guess uh, this campaign works best for people uh, living in Portland and perhaps uh, around and in the US. Uh, I'm sure Tatiana also is shipping uh, overseas however perhaps then the, the costs uh, are way higher otherwise you can also just check out the fund uh, read about it and if you have the possibilities donate uh, the sum you like so I asked Tatiana what are the three things she wants to recommend for this episode to share with an English-speaking audience in terms of adding to the Ukrainian culture. And she wrote me uh, a few names, more than three, but I selected three uh, most relevant, I thought, and most interesting for this short episode. And these were three Ukrainian artists. Uh, very easy. Uh, you can find them on Instagram and they also have uh, quite a lot written about them online. So I'm sure uh, you can research further. And at the beginning, I thought, I don't know those people. So it was quite exciting. But once I started browsing, uh, I figured I actually do know some of their works, which was even more exciting for me. I just didn't know the names, but now kind of everything uh, came together. So the first name, uh, the first person is Pavlo Borshenko. And this is what uh, Tatiana wrote me about his work. I would call that one an artist in a broader term than a photographer. His work is so aligned with my work. He takes the absurd to the level I wish my paintings could communicate. So uh, once I uh, went through his Instagram, some uh, images kind of resonated with me and I thought I saw them somewhere. And then I connected the dots and I figured out that one of uh, his photographs uh, titled Air Force from the Sami Sorrow of My Days series is currently on the cover of the newest issue of the Kayet Journal. So their fifth issue on Eastern Futurism. And for those uh, who do not know Kayet Journal, please check it out. I think it's probably uh, currently the best uh, paper magazine on the Eastern Europeanness, both from this kind of academic theoretical part, but also artistic. So yeah, his work uh, is on the cover. And... I think most of his pieces are quite uh, recognizable, very specific. I found a nice article about his work on the Metal uh, magazine online. 
And this is what they are writing about his practice in the very first paragraph. With an insight perspective and a shared experience, Ukraine photographer Pavel Borshenko, and here I'm not sure because they are writing Pavel, but on his uh, Instagram it's Pavlo, so I'm not sure about the first name here. Uh, so Borshenko brings a contemporary outlook to the collapse of the Soviet Union and what it means to be Soviet. Reflecting on the world around him, Borshenko uses his platform to highlight the social issues of living in Ukraine as he works to express creative meeting in the shattered history of the Soviet world through his lens. His photographic works share both his personal experiences and inner transformations. And indeed, uh, when you check out uh, just uh, this Instagram, for example, you really see this absurd um, he portrays. I love the colors he uses and this kind of uh, scenery setups and every element uh, of his collages or photographs, artworks are very, very specific and kind of portray the very specific and very uh, telling kind of um, socialist past and what it brought with it to the contemporary. And the last thing I wanted to say about uh, Pablo that on his Instagram account again, uh, you can currently find a very informative, I think, link uh, to support Ukraine. It's like a link uh, where a lot of people can add their sources. So there's ways to donate, where to donate and for what specifically, how to protest, uh, where are protests being organized all over the world, how to host people, where you can register and so on and so on. So I think a very uh, good link to also have in mind and check out. And Tatiana's second recommendation uh, was uh, Ukrainian illustrator Anna Servira. And again, you can very easily find her on Instagram. She seems to be quite active. And when you enter the profile, you see a lot of colorful, often humoristic illustrations uh, commenting on the everyday. And again, here a lot playing with the absurd, with the comical, the ironic reality we live in. In the little bio you can find other links uh, to initiatives uh, Anna is busy with and one of the interesting ones uh, I thought is the Pictoric uh, project or collective that is a group of illustrators, graphic designers uh, who create together illustrations, posters, different formats uh, of graphic art and also are busy with organizing uh, workshops and exhibitions. And they're actually, so once you go to the Pictoric Instagram, you find the link again to support Ukraine and that, as I understand, is an initiative just created uh, in the recent weeks and there you can find specific artworks specific graphic artworks uh, related to to the war in Ukraine and as I understand you can also uh, use uh, those uh, artworks those posters for uh, spreading uh, solidarity and helping Ukraine 
So uh, there is a little instruction how to help. Uh, you can, first of all, just uh, share uh, those images on your social medias and websites. Of course, uh, writing where they come from and who made those. But you can also, uh, perhaps as an institution or a collective, uh, print those uh, and make exhibitions and probably spread the word uh, about the political situation now in Ukraine and how to help in other ways. There is also uh, email addresses, the website where you can write to those people. Of course, if you want to organize an exhibition using their works, you have to inform them and get in touch. But I think it's a great uh, way to showcase Ukrainian artists, but also through art spread the solidarity, but also the message of uh, what's happening and spreading awareness and helping in all kinds of ways. And last but not least, uh, Tatiana asked me to speak about Zana Kadyrova, again, a Ukrainian artist who is around for quite some time, judging by the amount of works uh, shown on her website. And Zana is mostly known uh, from uh, using her mosaic techniques that she uses as a critique uh, to the Soviet uh, aesthetic traditions by evoking the styles of constructivism and socialist realism. So in her work, she uses uh, the, the technique of the mosaic uh, to speak about the ways it was used uh, before uh, in a way to spread propaganda. And actually, uh, if you live in Berlin, you probably uh, saw a lot of those still in some public spaces, on some buildings. Uh, yeah, these big mosaics, colorful pieces, spreading this kind of idealistic uh, socialist life and a happy, uh, equal living for all. That, of course, wasn't really the reality. Here again, I thought I'm not familiar uh, with Zana's uh, work, yet uh, while browsing a little through her uh, portfolio, I found out that she's actually the creator of one of my very favorite art pieces that I saw uh, back in 2019 in the Venice Biennale. And the work is called Market very simple uh, it shows a market so I, from what I remember there was three uh, stands a very meticulously uh, made uh, stands uh, I think there was a meat stand a vegetable stand a little table with flowers in vases uh, but the most amazing thing is that all those objects smaller and bigger were made from heavy material so ceramic stone concrete and so on and then painted in all kind of realistic colors and yeah the work was really fascinating I think I spent like half an hour looking at all those tiny objects and what I now read which I think back then I wasn't aware of uh, that apart from the aesthetic part of the artwork which was just amazing the work was also activated from time to time in different places where Zana showed it and it was a little bit of a fuck you to the art market where she broke the rules of having all those very expensive art pieces. So in this work, in the market work, uh, you could buy uh, the pieces by its weight. 
So one gram cost one euro or one dollar or one zlot, uh, wherever the work was showing at uh, the currency of the country. Uh, so for example, uh, an apple, which probably was maybe um, a kilo, it costed accordingly. So all the works were for sale. Definitely, if you have uh, the possibility, check out the work uh, because, uh, yeah, it really blew my mind, uh, the level of craft uh, Zana put into it. So that was it from Tatiana. And uh, for the very ending, I wanted to add one of my recommendations, a movie uh, titled Winter on Fire made by Evgeny Afinevsky. And here, just a note, it is not a Ukrainian director. It's an Israeli-American director born in Kazakh in Russia. But I am sharing it because the story is very relevant to uh, what we are discussing here in this podcast. It is already quite old, so perhaps most of you saw it. If not, I think it is a must-watch to understand actually the context of the current uh, war in Ukraine. You can see it on Netflix and I think even now on YouTube. It is a documentary film on the unrest in Ukraine during 2013 and 2014 as student demonstrations supporting European integration grew into a violent revolution calling for the resignation of the president Viktor Yanukovych who escaped to Russia. It is a very brutal film but a definitely important one to see in the current state of affairs. Thank you so much for joining me today. And next time I will provide you with more sources to Ukrainian culture and art. Slow!